Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Changeling the Lost Vanity. Before we get started today, I just want to mention um, Chris is not going to be playing in this session, so we're not just ignoring his character. I'll be playing uh, Raymond for a little bit. Uh, We're just going to get right into it. Where we left off last time, Manny and Frank had just picked up Melissa from her, I guess you would call it her house, uh, from a warehouse that she had been inhabiting with some other vagrant people. It was basically like a squat and... They went in to, to find her, and when they eventually did, they, they noticed she was uh, packing up to leave, worried that Raymond had killed Ronnie and would be back for her. So Manny kind of grabbed her and, and decided to, to bring her along with, with you to see if you guys can maybe find Raymond together, just to have her under his control so he can keep her from, from running, at least. So you guys are out in the parking lot right now, and she's still just like resisting a little bit, trying to kind of break free of Manny's grasp as he kind of tries to like pull her along over to the car. And she's just like kind of freaking out a little bit. And she's just like, stop, stop. I'm not, I'm not going with you. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going now. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And Manny's just like trying to get her to like stop without being like too overly like aggressive with her. He's just like, come on, stop. And he's like, trying to stand in front of her to block her a little bit without like grabbing her or anything like that. And you see her, she's like, she's starting to tear up a little bit. She's getting very emotional. She's trying to kind of slide past him to get away. And then she eventually just stops and just starts sobbing. Okay. Frank is getting pretty, pretty tired of this. She threatened this dog and everything. You know, he's, she's crying all over the place. And it feels like Manny's maybe uh, a little too soft on her. Once she starts sobbing and whatever, he's just going to grab her by the neck. Where are we going, boss? See, Manny, he's kind of like he goes to speak and it, the words just escape him for a second. And he's just like, what? Put, put her down, put her down, put her down. She's coming with us. We're just going to drive around a little bit. We're going to talk. Look, it's fine. You're safe with us, okay? Just relax. And he's he's like motioning for you to just like ease up. She's just like so distraught that it's almost like she doesn't try to resist you at all almost. And it's kind of it's bizarre to you. It's like she's not doing that natural sort of trying to break free uh-huh. your arms from around her her neck. It's almost like she's just completely submitted, you know? She's just like giving up. Come on, we have to go. We don't have much time. And Manny just opens the door for the backseat of his SUV and just kind of motions her inside. And she crawls into the back and he, he shuts the door and just gives you like this look of just like, oh my God. All right. So we're going to drive around for a little bit. We're going to try to talk to her. I want to figure out everything she knows about, about Ronnie, about Raymond, about Charlie, about all of it. I just want to, we'll just keep her with us. Maybe I can offer to protect her or something like that if she's if she's worried about 
with Raymond, but I really don't think that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Okay, boss. Well, let's go and see what she has to say. All right. Just try to be cool with her, all right? She's freaking out. I don't want her to, to get any more freaked out. She won't say anything to us. Okay, boss. I won't say anything. And he gives you a nod, and he just kind of goes over to the driver's seat of the car and, and um, opens the door up to get inside. And once you guys are inside the car, he immediately just turns the key and just peels out of that parking lot. And there's just it's just like arguing instantly. She's just like, where the fuck are you guys even bringing me? This is... Look, there's no way that I can even help you with any of this. Just let me go. Let me get out of here tonight. All right? I will never bother you again. Frank will literally, the entire car ride, he said he won't be talking to her or, you know, making her distraught, which for him means talking to her in any way. He'll just be staring at her. He'll just be sitting in the passenger seat, just looking at her. And she's just like shouting, just going, you know, uh, talking a mile a minute. Manny not even able to really get any any words in, trying to speak and continually just her loudness just drowns whatever he's, he's saying out. And he's just he's just kind of like driving in circles at this point. And you see her, she's just like, she's like so hysterical at this point. There's tears running down her face, which is just thick with this black uh, makeup, which just completely uh-huh. stains the, the sides of her face right now. as She's just bawling hysterically, screaming and yelling about Charlie, about Ronnie, about Raymond, about how he's going to, he's going to kill me. He's coming back to kill me. He's coming back to kill me. I know it. And Manny is just calm down. Just, just calm down. All right. You're with us. Nobody's going to get you right now. Just relax. Look, I'll I'll drop you off when we're when we're done talking, okay? And he's just like you see him, and he's getting he's getting agitated too, you know. And he's starting to raise his voice, telling her to chill out, telling her to to shut up and and stuff like that. And it's just like this loud, loud, loud environment. And eventually, they both kind of tire of this after maybe like two or three minutes, and there's just some silence. And she just is is uh you just hear the sounds of her sobbing and she's going through her purse and she goes and grabs this um this bottle of pills and she opens them up and just dumps a handful in her hand and looks and there's probably about four that you see and they're just like these white circles she just tosses a handful in her mouth and puts the bottle back into her bag and just says look what do you want to know just ask and manny just kind of catches his breath for a second and he's just like why do you think this was raymond and she's quiet for a second, and she's just like, because last night, me and Ronnie, we went to Frank's house, as I'm sure you know, and we were looking for Raymond. We, we, wanted, to, we wanted to get him for what, for what he did to Charlie. And you know, after that, after me and Ronnie split ways, I went to go check on him the following morning, and I saw him there in the bed. And I, just left his, I just left his apartment. His, his neck was cut wide open and she just kind of like stares for a second out the window that's two of my family gone in two days i just want to grab the the one person i've left and just get the fuck out of here okay look this this place it's it's not it's not safe okay it's this this stuff that's been going on here it's it's attracting them the stuff that goes on in miami is attracting them I'm getting the fuck out of here, and you guys should get the fuck out of here too i I wouldn't stick around for this nothing good is going to come out of this. We already know that. What do you know about where Raymond is? I didn't see him at all. I just know he has to be around for him to have gotten Ronnie. Where around? I Look, I don't know. After we left your apartment last night, me and Ronnie, you know, he was hysterical because you got him on about that whole Swamp Daddy thing. And 
he's convinced that the, that the swamp daddy was going to come and get him. And I, I won't let myself believe that that's even a thing. That was, that's just one of Charlie's, Charlie's problems. And I'll, I'll tell you about Charlie's problems too. He seemed more scared of, of the, of the story of the swamp, swamp daddy than he, he did about Raymond, which, which I think is bullshit. I know it was Raymond. He killed Charlie. He came back for Ronnie and he's coming back for me. I know he's coming back for the, for the rest of the, the other person in my in my flock too. He must have heard we were coming to get him and and decided to to try to get a jump on us or something like that. But <sighs> anyways, Charlie, he's somebody I cared about a lot and and he was a really troubled guy. And and I'll just tell you straight up. He was a sad individual. He was he was somebody who I was always worried about. It didn't surprise me that much to hear what had happened because I had always imagined that something would happen to him either out on the streets or he would take his own life or, and it seemed like recently, like the past two weeks or so, the kind of stuff that he was caught up in was kind of just too much for him to handle. And when he withdrew for a few weeks, I just gave him his space because I was worried. I was worried about what would happen if I, if I tried to crowd him too much, if I, if I tried to interfere with what he was doing, I'm sure you, you can understand that, when you've gone through this, what felt like an eternity of, of trauma and, and being controlled, you don't want people of your own kind to try to step in your way and, and, and tell you how to live your life. And, and all of the people in, in my motley understand that. All the people in, in my family, we have our own issues and we don't, really, we don't really interfere with the inevitable. Is that why you went to my house? What do you mean? To not interfere? Sort of angry, Frank, look. And she's, she gets fired up for a second. She's like, well, what Raymond had coming to him was inevitable, I would say. I don't and, care about Raymond. Well, I want to find Raymond. But. And she's just like, she lights up a cigarette. You see Manny just like roll the window down a little bit from the front seat. as She just like doesn't, she doesn't do it at all. She just goes in and lights a cigarette. Total disregard of Manny's car completely at this point, obviously. And she's just like, I left him alone for that week or two weeks or whatever the fuck it was. And I wasn't sure if, if, if he was going to kill himself or not. But if that's what he wanted, I was going to let him go out on his own terms. And then that's when you guys, that's when you guys got involved and his, his life ended irregardless. I'm not sure it could have been prevented. But either way, I, I feel rotten inside. He had gotten into more trouble than he could handle with this other little club he was part of and i think it 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 weighed on him really heavily he he felt a lot of guilt about that the kids on the news and stuff like that and he he told me in private once that that he knew deep down that he was somehow responsible for a lot of the hurt that was going on and i didn't really know what he meant at the time but one night he came home in a in a complete panic freaking out he's crying and everything and he tells me that he thinks he took this kid. He thinks that one of the one of the deals that he made with with I don't even fucking know. He thinks he kidnapped somebody. Basically, he thinks he he thought he gave him to one of them. And I was I was content to keep his secret because he's my brother and I love him. But I knew that whatever had happened, I knew it probably was too much for him to to be the burden of. And that's why that night I saw you guys at the club there. I I I just felt so good. I felt like maybe, maybe he had a change of heart. Maybe he was, maybe he was ready to face this and, and see things through. And then, I don't know. 
you guys started looking into him and all this kind of stuff, and I knew this was all going to end badly. I knew this was all going to blow up. So who's the last member? It's a, it's a girl, Emily. She's a courtless, so probably may or may not have seen her. But look, I think she's maybe she's off the radar, this whole mess, because she's not involved with any, any of us people besides me, Charlie, and Ronnie. And my plan is to just get her tonight and go, and we'll, we'll try to set up somewhere else. I mean, it isn't the first time. I'm sure we can drive you to her. Sort of look at Manny. And Manny, he has this look of disbelief in his face, and he's just like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you to her, but you got you to gotta talk a little bit more. This is, uh, yeah, just keep talking a little bit. And he, he looks like almost upset, and you can see like this bead of sweat just kind of dripping down his forehead a little bit, and he's looking at her in the rearview mirror with this fire in his eyes almost. And she's, she's sobbing a little bit, and she goes and ashes her cigarette out the window. Did you guys ever hear about how we became a family? No. Did Charlie ever tell you? Well, when we all first came back, and it, it wasn't all at the same time, we we came back some... Sorry, I'm, I'm upset right now. I came back first. About a month later, Ronnie came back, and then a year after that, Charlie came back. And then maybe two weeks after him, it was Emily. But when we were all together, we... I went home for the first time when Emily came back. I decided to go see see my old house, see what see what my family had been up to, and I learned that my fetch had done something terrible. I don't know what what happened, but the keeper, whoever made it, made it wrong, and it just killed my my family, my killed my fucking parents, and they didn't do anything to me. They just they just loved me, and I just let them down. So they all helped me. They helped me take care of the fetch. We all took blows at it until it was gone, and then. We did the same for, for each of us. Charlie did his own. Ronnie did his own. Emily had trouble, so we, we helped her with hers. But it was such an amazing bonding moment. It just made us one. And I knew from that point we would be family forever. And wherever these guys went, I would go. And that's why it really hurt me when I knew Charlie was maybe thinking about ending it all. But like this group he was with, these guys who scare people, they made something that, that got out of their out of their control. And... I don't know what other stuff, but basically he was involved with some folks, this kind of church up there in the Everglades. Not like, not like really friends with those guys, but some of the guys in his crew, they, they had made some deals with, with the mortals up there and with the, with the others. And I don't know what kind of trouble he got himself into, but he gave himself up to something else and he lost control. And I didn't blame him when, when he decided that maybe that was it for himself. And he, sequestered himself to his grandma's house and you see manny is just like what the fuck he's just like trying to trying to like follow her and she's like starting to get like slower in the way she's speaking and stuff like that and you're probably imagining that like whatever the pills she took or whatever are starting Mm -hmm. to take some sort of effect over her and she's just like you see her and like her eyes just start to kind of like lose focus a little bit and she starts to kind of like nod off a little bit and Manny just like hits the brakes really fast to try to like jolt her. And he's just like, whoa, whoa, you're not, don't go to sleep. Don't fall asleep. Keep talking. Keep talking. She just like kind of looks around confused for a second. And then she goes to, goes to speak again, but she kind of just like slurs and Manny just stops the car and he just gets out of the front seat and just goes over to the back and, and pulls the door open. And it's just like, starts like shaking her. 
And you guys are just pulled over at this like random residential like side street. There's not really many cars passing you in any direction. Just kind of like out of the view of everybody. And he starts like shaking her, just pulls back and just like slaps her like as hard as he can. The sound of it is almost just a little bit jarring because it's like, whoa, we'll jump to somebody else for right now. We're going to go to Isabel. Uh, You and Cliff have just left the nightclub, basically embarrassed Kyle and Cliff really enjoyed it. Uh, and you guys are kind of just like walking out of there right now. And he, he takes a, a, a turn and just kind of like looks behind him as you guys go out the door to leave. And he puts his blazer back on his, on his uh, strong bodybuilder kind of arms. And he's just like, well, what now? Night's still young. If I remember correctly, I had told him like, oh, hey, I know this other place. Let's go. And we were going to go to like a different club or bar or something like that. Yeah, so Clifford just looks at you and he's just like, where are we going? I don't know. I hadn't thought this through. I just thought figured she would know a place and yeah. go. We're just, just going to go to like a different bar, club or whatever. Yeah. You, you know of every, of every place, obviously. You just think of like a place that's close and that's like pretty popular and stuff like that. You guys you guys exit the club and he's just like, so uh, should I get us a taxi or? She would just kind of shrug. Yeah, I'll get, like, I'll get us one. Like I'll get really, us. just like get, getting him to take the lead here. She's just yeah, like, whatever. He would see somebody getting dropped off and kind of just like flag flag down the taxi to get inside himself. Okay. And he's just like, here we go. And he opens the door up for you and he's motioning for you to get inside. Yeah, she does. And then she he goes on. around on the other side and he puts himself in the car. He tells the uh, he tells the driver the, the <clears> name <throat> of the club you guys are going to, and he's just like. All right, nice, nice. And you see him, he's kind of just like fancying himself up. He's like trying to get a glimpse of himself in the mirror of the uh, the cab driver's rear view mirror and just like fix his hair and whatnot. And he just goes, man, that was, that was fun. That gave me a rush, you know, to make that nerd sweat like that. <laughs> he, uh, he's not all that bad. He's just kind of boring. Yeah. So you still, uh, still do the whole real estate thing? Yes. You looking to buy a home? No, I, do you ever go in the houses? Like when you're not supposed to, you just like go in the houses. Just kind of frown at him, and no, I mean my job is to show them to people. I see them in and out. Yeah, but I mean, if you were ever like to hang out, and I mean, I'm sure you have like keys and stuff like that. You never, you never take any of your dates there or anything. No. All right, I just, I just thought I'd ask. You don't mix work and play. And he just like gives you this joking like shrug. Before long, it's maybe like five five minutes away. The the cab driver pulls up to this other bustling nightclub. It's called Sway, and uh, it's really busy. You see like a, a just a bunch of people outside that are just super drunk, yelling, having a great time, probably leaving. And everybody is very done up. There's like you you hear like the sound of high heels walking on the pavement of the sidewalk as you just kind of get out of the cab and. Cliff throws the cab driver like a $20 bill or whatever, very like disrespectfully and kind of just like gets out, brushes himself, <laughs> and kind of like puffs his chest out a bit as yeah. you guys are like out at this new club. And he's not really like looking at you at all, really, at this point. He's just kind of like rubbing his hands together, just sort of like eyeing the entrance. Okay. And then he glances over to you and he's like, shall we? Yeah. So is there like a line? Is it long? There's like a line. Um, it's not too long. It's not one of those lines that like stretches around the building, but there's like a good 10, 15 people just sort of standing in the queue of this place. And mm-hmm. to describe this place really quick, 
it's a little bit it's kind of more tacky than the than the club you were just at it has like kind of like a fake red carpet to get in a little bit and there's like these velvet ropes and stuff outside but it's like a staple i guess it's one of the clubs that's been around for a long time and it's kind of established itself and people go there a lot because they've it's been around a long time and they've had a lot of good memories there and and whatever and it's another um, like Latin house style of nightclub. And you can hear the the bass echoing as you put yourself in line. And Cliff kind of like does like a motion to the. Uh, oh no, we're not going bouncer. to in line. We're going to the front of the line. We're yeah, going yeah. Right in. He does like a motion to the bouncer, and the guy kind of like waves you forward. And you hear like some people behind you that are just like, "Oh, what the hell!" And the bouncer just opens the door and just like gives a nod. And Cliff tries to do that sly thing where you like stick a, like a five in somebody's um, chest pocket of his of his oh, oh. or whatever, and just kind of like slaps on it again in kind of like a almost like disrespectful way a little bit, like he's kind of just like flaunting, I would say. Okay. And the club is extremely dark as you guys go inside, and it still just has this this like rumble that you can feel through the floor as like the dance music is just playing. And you get inside, and, and you, you're able to get just like a, a good first glance at this, at this entire place, which you've been to you know, many times before. You know what to expect here. But you basically see it in full swing. You see everybody uh, dancing, and you see people getting drinks, and you just see the crazy strobe lights that are just lighting everything up and making it a little bit difficult to, to navigate. But this is like familiar territory for you. So you... You see the bar, and you see um, see like a clear path to it. So, the thing that she is more focused on is just wanting to party. You know, she's just kind of again. This is like one of those things where she's trying to really just lose herself from all the stuff that's been happening and how like stressful all that was. So. Isabel is going to just spend as much time as she can just distracting herself here. So regardless of whether this guy comes like wants to dance with her or whatever, that's what she's going to do. You know, she's going to have a couple of drinks. She's going to dance. She's going to, she's going to have a good time no matter what. Yeah. So it's kind of like you just, you're just not really like focused on him at all. This is just totally about focusing on the self. Yeah. And do you think uh, like, does Isabel feel any better having just left that place? Having just, I mean, when you were dancing in there, you kind of like stole the show for a second and like you just were just glowing. You were just shining, you know, and it was just like the room was so thick with glamour, you know, had you not been like fully satiated, you would have been able to just, just like soak it in. I think that right now she does. She feels better, but it, that's like a temporary thing. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, it's always, it's always a temporary solution. There's no, there's no long-term fix for being a changeling. Yeah. You know? So we'll say you're like drinking and dancing, you know, you're doing shots and you're dancing on the dance floor and, and you know, the minutes are passing, the turns into a half hour, turns into an hour and you're not really focused on this guy at all. You haven't really, you've maybe seen him like a few times, but he's, you guys are just almost like separate at this point. You're just like fully engaged in this party atmosphere, just like fully soaking it in. People are buying you drinks. 
you know, you're laughing, having a good time, you're dancing and, and people are noticing you, people are looking at you. And it's just like the general vibe of this place is, is really good. There's, there's uh, only like attractive people here. There's, and there's no creeps at the moment. And there's like, it's like everything is just going like, just right right now. And it's like, Cliff is, is there, but he's not in your hair. He's not, he's not being annoying and displeasing you, which is just like, it's just like the perfect balance of, of everything. It's like just pure ecstasy. It's like pure escapism as you party the night away and kind of, you know, are you, are you drinking like, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you describe like what you're doing in there. I just imagine that uh, Isabel is, she is just going to be losing herself in this environment. And so it's probably going to be one of those nights where the next day she is vomiting into her toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The best, the best kind of course. So yeah. And the, the alcohol is flowing. I mean, people just keep like handing you shots and stuff and they're, people are just like passing you uh, shots and handing you drinks and you're just like reveling in this, in this enjoyment and your head is, is getting cloudier and cloudier as, as the alcohol kind of starts to sink in and take effect. And I mean, you, you know how to, how to handle your, handle your stuff, but you, you feel a little bit flush as you, as you, as you down another shot and you're, you think like, Whoa, like, all right, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit tipsy here, but it might be, it might be worse than that. But you know, you're like, you're admitting it to yourself. Like, okay, like I think I might be uh, I I might be a little bit drunk right now, but it's like, it's all great fun, you know? And a couple hours pass, it turns into maybe three or four hours that you've just been just raging at this place, you know, just like just throwing down shots, just dancing and just like, just having like a great time. You go to the bathroom to kind of like go to the bathroom and like freshen yourself up or whatever. And you see yourself in the mirror, you know, your, your hair is like a little bit messed up and stuff. You look like a little bit sweaty and just kind of like, kind of like this party has been, has been uh, wearing on you a little bit and you feel a little bit dizzy, but you like, you still look good and stuff like that. And you, you know, you wash your hands or whatever and are you going to stay at this place until like last call? Like, no, she's probably going to uh, leave before then, you know, call like a cab or something or. Yeah. So as it starts to like wind down a little bit closer to the end of the night, you probably are starting to feel like a little bit tired as the alcohol is kind of taking its toll a little bit. You see cliff. He, he like, he catches up to you and it's almost like you guys haven't seen in like an hour, an hour and a half. And you see, he's like totally drunk as well. His face is just completely red. The top shirt, top two buttons of his shirt are just wide open. And he's like, you know, sweating and kind of stumbling over to you. And he's just like, Isabel, there you are. I was looking for you. And he's kind of just like stumbling a little bit. Okay. It's ugly the way that you see him. He's not very composed at the moment, and you you don't find it to be a, a good look. She'll say to him, um, I think it's time we leave. I've had too much. You've had too much. Let's go. Yeah, we're leaving? Yeah, we're, where are we going? We're going home. <sighs> okay. All right. And you see he scratches his head, and he, he kind of just like looks around both ways, just kind of like, uh... 
All right. Yeah, let's get out of here. Well, I'll I'll get us a cab. We can go back to my place. No no worries. She um doesn't say anything. Just kind of like looking at him like sideways. Like she has no intent in going back to his his place. None whatsoever. And he's I mean, he's just like he's like trying to just make his way to the uh, like an exit of this place and he just keeps like bumping into people and stuff like that. And he's just he's just full drunk asshole at this point where he's kind of just like watch it buddy and just like kind of like tries to tries to get in somebody's face and they they just shake their head like what is this drunk guy yeah he he gets out to the front and kind of just like pushes this this exit door open where people you know maybe maybe leave like to just to go smoke or whatever but you could also just you know get out to the side that way so he just like pushes this door open and he's like holding it open for you to like come through as well to outside yeah 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 there's there's payphones around right yeah yeah and just go tell him like you know call a cab all right yeah sure sure thing and he just he just uh he finds the phone and he just like is leaning up against it with one arm and putting his coins in and trying to dial and he looks at you and tries to give you like this this suave smirk (laughs) you know like a tries yeah and he's like leaning on the phone and in his head, it's probably like very cool. And he tries to give you like a wink or like a blow, like a kiss, kissy face at you or whatever. And um, he's just, he's wasted. He's just in his head. He's still probably very awesome, but he, he's kind of a mess, but he, he goes ahead and he dials up the cab and he just, uh, he says the name of the club and um, he just hangs the phone up. <laughs> he just kind of like, He's giving you this like just goofy like dumb kind of drunk smile, and he takes a cigarette out of his blazer and he just lights it up and he's just like, "Oh man, that was that was fun, Isabel. That was great. It was. It was a good night. So what's next? Do uh, you're gonna go home with- and you're gonna go to sleep. That's what's next. You need uh, to look at you, man. I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Is there any way I could uh, convince you to maybe stay out a little longer? She'll kind of look him up and down and be like, not when you're that drunk. And he's he laughs. He's like, yeah, uh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Maybe I, maybe I should. got my number. You should just, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. All right. And then, you know, after you guys kind of just like, he jokes around with you and stuff for like another 10 minutes until the cab comes and. You know what, Isabel? Why don't Why don't you take this one? I'll I'll take the next one. All right. Oh, such a gentleman! Thank you. And he puts you in, and he shuts the door, and kind of gives it that two two pats to signal uh signal the driver off or whatever. And and you just see him. You Inwardly, just- as she's getting in, she's kind she's like sighing in relief because she was worried that she was going to have to like yeah have a talking to with him. Yeah, definitely. You you thought was, he was gonna he was gonna linger, so yeah. you kind of feel like you dodged a bullet a little bit with him just sort of. But you know that whole he, that whole scene there, like with with as they're leaving, it, it was kind of like building up nervousness in her. Like, okay, he's getting a little like he he's assuming things, and she's like, no, 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 this is not this is not going there. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's like just drunk enough where he. He he probably realizes like, but he's still just drunk to the point where he's like also going to stay behind and try to like I don't know 
figure something else out or whatever. You know, he's like, he's going to just wander around drunk. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and you see like as, as the car is starting to starting to like uh, pull away from the curb and, and take off, he kind of like, he has like his, his, uh his blazer off again and he's got it like over his arm and his arms are like, his hands are in his pocket that way. And he's kind of just like, just drunk walking down the street. And, and you just see, it's like, it's not even, it's not even 30 seconds before he just like turns and, and is looking at like, he's eyeing like a, a bar next to the club. He's going to keep having a good night. Okay. And, I mean, part of that is kind of amusing to you. You know, I'm sure you actually get a good chuckle as the cab kind of like, kind of pulls off and drives away. At it's him. more relief that she feels. Yeah. Because like, the longer she was with him, the more she wanted to get away from him. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause again, she was just using him to begin with. And so the cab pulls off to, to drive you to your house. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin that's highlevelgames.ca please help they're coming (laughs) the Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles?
Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>